Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, a few weeks ago, I was flipping through the channels on the television set and came across a rerun of that old game show called To Tell the Truth. You remember that show? Some of you do. Yeah. It begins with three people standing side by side as the announcer asks each one of them individually, what is your name, please? And each person answers by giving the exact same name. Of course, the object of the game is for the celebrity panel to try and guess Which of those three contestants is the person who actually belongs to that name? And so in order to help the panel make that determination, the host of the show shares some background information about the person and then allows each member of the panel to ask questions so that they can hopefully eliminate the two imposters and identify the one contestant who rightly belongs to the name. After each member of the panel casts their vote as to who they think is telling the truth, the host of the show will say to the three seated contestants, will the real so-and-so please stand? And with that, the the real person who belongs to the name stands up. You know, my friends, as I looked at uh, this reading here from Revelation chapter 19, I wonder how a panel on a game show like To Tell the Truth might have done with someone like that of Jesus. I mean, suppose you were on the panel. Do you think you could correctly identify the true, real, authentic Jesus? I mean, we all think we know Jesus, don't we? After all, we just spent a a lot of time and a lot of money, I might add, celebrating his birth. But do we really know him as well as we might think we do? You see, for many people, their knowledge of Jesus doesn't really extend much beyond that of a little baby. A little baby born there in the town of Bethlehem. No, for many, Jesus is at best a a sort of a, a symbol of hope for a better future. You know, as one might see any newborn child as such a symbol. Of course, as things in life continue on as they always have been, well, that symbol of hope starts to fade, does it not? It starts to lose its luster and people will pack away the Christmas Jesus until the season rolls around again next year. Now, for those who have delved deeper into the Bible, which, by the way, many of you have done, right? Through the reading of the entire New Testament this past year. 
Well, you might find yourselves to be better equipped to identify the real Jesus. Having read through the Gospels, for instance, you know that Jesus did not remain a little baby. You know that as Luke's Gospel puts it, he grew. He grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with man. As one who has read through the New Testament, you know that Jesus, well, he taught about the kingdom of God with uh, extensive knowledge and great authority. You know about all those astonishing miracles that he performed. You saw the crowds flock to him and, and you heard those praises and accolades that were bestowed upon him. Of course, at the same time, in your reading of the New Testament, you also experienced a, a rather vulnerable Jesus. That is, one who, for example, weeps. One who gets tired and hungry. One who was beaten and whipped and even died a very shameful and, and gruesome death. Thankfully, though, the account of Jesus, it did not end there with his death. No, thankfully, as the New Testament teaches us, Jesus rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven. And he still, to this very day, continues to do his work of forgiving sins and saving souls through the ministry of his church which is his body. No question about it, there's a lot of information the Bible gives us about who the real Jesus truly is. But if the question were to be put forth, would the real Jesus please stand? The fact is, we don't really find him until we get to the book of Revelation. You see, the real Jesus is no longer a, a, a little baby lying in a manger in that little town called Bethlehem, nor is the real Jesus limited to just doing a few miracles here and there or telling some good, insightful, inspiring stories now and then. No, you won't find the real Jesus still hanging upon the cross or even going around and showing himself to, to be alive. Now, friends, don't get me wrong here. Those are all things that the real Jesus has done. It's just that they are not who he is now. You see, the real Jesus, whom each one of us must now deal with, is the one John saw there in the book of Revelation, specifically in chapter 19, which we are looking at tonight. Let's take a closer look, as the Bible allows us to do so, at the real Jesus. That is the Jesus who is reigning now in glory and who will be returning to this earth at some point. 
Of course, as I'm sure you already know, as we turn to the book of Revelation, you, you must remember that Revelation is written in a special type of literary style called apocalyptic. Among other things, apocalyptic literature employs a lot of visions and symbolism, sometimes rather bizarre symbolism. For example, in this vision here in Revelation chapter 19, verse 11, it speaks of Jesus as being a rider on a white horse. Now, a white horse is a symbol of victory. So right away, we see that the real Jesus is one who is victorious over all of his enemies. Hey, and that's good to know. That's good to know because, let's face it, we don't always see that to be the case, do we? No, oftentimes it, is, it appears as though the, the, the Christian side is uh, losing ground. While evil inflicts more and more and more harm upon this world. But you see, in the end, Jesus, as this vision here in Revelation shows us, is victorious. Victorious over all evil. By the way, this rider on this white horse is described with two words. Faithful and true. Think of what that tells us about the real Jesus. Faithful means that he is reliable. Even when all else fails, he is reliable. And true means that what he says he will do will surely come to pass. Those two words, faithful and true, fit very well with another name by which Jesus is called, and that is, as verse 13 indicates, he is called the Word of God. Tell me, have you ever wanted to hear the voice of God speaking to you? In a world that bombards us with all kinds of useless and treacherous lies over and over and over again, have you ever wanted to hear a voice? A voice that is reliable and true. Dear friends, the real Jesus is that voice. And that voice is heard through the Bible, the very Word of God. With that in mind, many of you have read through the New Testament this past year. And to that I say, congratulations. Good job. For those of you who did that, I also say, keep going. Read now the Old Testament. Or, if you'd like, reread the New Testament. And for those of you who, who tried to do that but fell short, well, you know, this new year provides you with the opportunity for a fresh start. As we continue looking at the real Jesus here in Revelation chapter 19, note what verse 11 tells us about him. With justice, he judges and wages war. Now that statement is reinforced with other, I call them distressing imagery, including that, it says, of being clothed with a, a robe that has been dipped in blood. 
which by the way is the blood of his enemies, meaning that he has defeated them. Or how about that image of him as we found there in Revelation chapter 19, striking down the nations with the sharp sword that came from his mouth, which is his holy word. And it also tells us about he unleashing the fierce wrath of God such that it resembles juice that is flowing out of a wine press. Friends, clearly this is not the meek and mild Jesus that we have grown accustomed to, is it? No, the real Jesus is a just judge who will inflict severe and unending punishment upon all who violate the holy law of God. Here, by the way, is the answer to that age-old question. That question that goes along these lines. Why does God allow evil to persist in this world? Well, the answer, as this verse shows us, is that he doesn't allow evil to continue on indefinitely. You see, all evil will eventually be judged and punished. And justice will ultimately prevail. Of course, the only way the real Jesus can do that fairly, to do that fairly, is if he has the ability to see into the deep recesses of a person's heart. To see the evil that resides there in the heart. Well, verse 12 illustrates how Jesus has that ability by describing him as one whose eyes are like a penetrating, blazing fire. Like a laser, if you will. But not only can his penetrating eyes see the evil that resides in the human heart, which, friends, to be honest, is a condition that afflicts all of us, does it not? As all of us are guilty of evil to one degree or another. After all, the Bible does say all have sinned, all have turned aside. But not only can his eyes see the evil that must and will be punished, but his eyes can also see the faith. The faith of those who have turned to him as their Savior. Yes, those who look to him as the one who lived and died in their place so that God's perfect justice is met on their behalf. Friends, there are certainly many other things in this short section of Revelation chapter 19 that gives us insight regarding the real Jesus. Like, for example, the many crowns he wears on his head indicates that he truly is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And the fact that he is the commander, it says, of the armies of heaven, that is, the commander of all those angels. But perhaps the strangest of all descriptions is what we find in verse 12, where it says he has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. What are we to make of that? He has this name written on him that no one knows, but he himself. 
Well, names, you know, particularly back in biblical times, were very important, very important. As they would describe what a person is, so to speak. You might think of it in the way we use nicknames in our day and age. We call, for instance, someone whiz kid because they are smart. Or we might call somebody chief because they're a, a, a good leader. Or you might say, hey, smiley, because that person is always upbeat and cheerful. And even though Jesus goes by many names to describe who he is and his nature, the truth is, if you stop and think about it, who Jesus really is always goes, always goes far beyond our human understanding. I mean, consider what we just observed last weekend. The incarnation of our Lord. How is it possible for the almighty, infinite God to become a human being? The fact is, that's a mystery of which only the Lord himself would know how it exactly works. But friends, even though there may be many mysteries as to who the real Jesus is, the good news is there is no mystery, no mystery whatsoever when it comes to the question of his love for you, for me, for this world. You see, I gave this uh, sermon the title, Will the Real Jesus Please Stand? Well, the wonderful truth is, the real Jesus does stand. He stands in yours and my place. And he takes upon himself all of our sin, all of our guilt. And in turn, he places upon us the robe of his righteousness so that we can stand in his presence both now and forever. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in Christ, our real living Lord and Savior. Amen. As the people of God, let us stand together and make profession of our Christian faith, reciting the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God. Begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried and the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, 
And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds with the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in the Holy Christian and Apostolic Church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.